Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400 WDWS. Steve Kelly, along with the award-winning Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen will join us as well. Matthew, how you doing, my friend? Doing well, Steve. How are you? Good. Congratulations on your latest award. Thanks. Yeah, it was a pleasant surprise, and uh, yeah, it's uh, we've got more in store. I'm, I'm sure that Scott Ritchie and Bob and Lauren will contribute. We've got uh, to enter some some sections here in the next week or so. That's on my lengthy 78 thing to do list sometime this week. But uh, yeah, it was a Pleasant surprise, especially considering that was the only game I covered in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) It uh, worked out well, I guess. Well, a busy week is here. They've been busy for a while, and uh, we thank uh, everybody for that. That's good to to have uh, things to cover. It's Scott Ritchie getting set to head to Indianapolis for the uh, Big Ten basketball tournament and the Fighting Illini. Scott, up to number three this week in the Associated Press Bowl. Kind of changed places with Michigan. Yeah, and... A well-deserved move up the pole for Illinois. Uh, just considering, you know, the week they had. I mean, won by a rather significant margin at Michigan um, on Tuesday. So took down the number two team in the country, and then won again Saturday at Ohio State and beat the number seven team in the country. So it was, I think, a given that that Illinois was going to leapfrog Michigan into that number three spot, especially. Uh, after Baylor kind of got back on track, they had three top 25 wins uh, last week alone. We do have the phone lines open if you'd like to join us. Anything that might be on your mind, Big Ten Championship, those kind of things, 217-356-9397. Not trying to stir the pot because I think it is what it is, and I hate that saying like Brad Underwood does, but... Uh, that's the way things go. Illinois has a chance to uh, to hang a banner by going out and winning the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, you just take uh, take it one day at a time, Steve. And seven days from now, no one will be talking about this. Uh, they'll all be worried about the the first round opponent for Illinois in the NCAA tournament. And uh, it's been quite the. I try to stay off social media as much as I can. Some days, other times, not as much. And just the vitriol that is out there in regards to this Illinois Michigan. Uh, situation is enlightening perhaps is one way to describe it bob was murphy chiming in on that regard (laughs) he does not like all the virtual oh man (laughs) i mean i I say this as kind of a devil's advocate here sorry to cut you off there bob but it it, i'm the sports editor of the sports section tomorrow you're going to see a three-fourths of the page devoted to various images that are on Twitter in regards to all the developments of the last 24 hours or so with Illinois wanting to say they're Big Ten champs and Michigan actually being able to say they are Big Ten champs. Time out. I think it's... Illinois fans wanting to say... I don't think any of the the, the players are doing a lot of that. I I like Trent Frazier's little sign he held up, a little makeshift sign he held up in Columbus, but I, I don't think it's the university... Or the players doing no. it, but certainly the fan base is. Good point there, Stephen. And, and it's to me, it's rather silly that there's this much uh, fuss about a matter like this. Because as and I know Bob, you wrote about this in, in tomorrow, but you think back to the flying Illini. Everyone remembers them for their incredible season. The fact they went to the Final Four, and no one bemoans them that they didn't win a Big Ten title that season. So I don't know. People have a right to be upset, I guess, about it, but I don't really 
try to focus on the positives, people. One, be glad that there's college basketball going on. All that talk we had through spring and summer of, man, I just, I miss sports. I can't wait for it to get back. Okay, it's back here. Enjoy it. Uh, let's let's have a little fun. Well, it's back so people can go back to being normal where <laughs> they just like to complain about things. Um, I mean, Michigan is the Big Ten champion. Like Blasphemy, Scott. The conference <laughs> decided it would determine that by winning percentage on the... And North Carolina apparently is the winner of the 2005 national title game is what you're telling me too, Scott. I but, have, I have but, heard that. Although I think, you know, there were some issues maybe <laughs> off the court for that North Carolina team that... You know, had some Illinois fans saying that the line I should raise a banner for that one too. Uh, maybe not, uh, but you know it's Trent with his sign after the game. It was fun. It was funny. Yeah, led to my most viral tweet of all time as the battle between the Illinois and Michigan fans found a home in my mentions on Twitter. It's grateful for that, I guess. <laughs> um, but it's it's like it's gone too far. Like I there like some tweets today. I was like. Illinois is disrespected in the Big Ten, and like when football gets good again and basketball is still good, that they should leave the conference. <laughs> it's like, I mean, just some real galaxy brain stuff going on today. Like, I, I can't wait for tomorrow where the Big Ten awards are going to be announced, and there's a fair chance that I would assume it was not going to be Big Ten Player of the Year. Like, Luka Garza, I think, is probably the favorite to win. Uh, Spoiler alert, I voted for Io. I think it was a reasonable thing for me to do um, before there's any calls of Homer from across the studio. Oh, I'm not going to say that anymore. It's but, like, what happens when that happens? Because it probably will. Like, it's going to be a complete meltdown um, by a certain segment of the fan base, and it'll either be really funny or just kind of sad, and probably both. Yeah, exactly. Your thoughts, Bob? Well, I think, yes. Technically, Michigan is the Big Ten champs, but I think it's silly the way the Big Ten decided to do it. I know everybody knew it was going to be like that. I think when a team is half big game behind another team, I, what I wrote is what Illinois should do is put up a put a banner that says, we won most games in the Big Ten. We won 16, most of wins in anybody, of anybody in the Big Ten of the year. And they just leave there, but I th- I think it's silly the way they did because they didn't play the same numbers the number of games, and you cannot tell me absolutely that Michigan would not have lost a game of those other three. Now, would they, could they have won all three? Of course they could have. Would they have won all three? Kind of depends on where they played them and who they played and what happened and how it worked. But I don't think you should certainly be penalized because you didn't get some games in, but you also shouldn't get a benefit from that either. So I, I'm kind of, I had, I hate to say it, I'm with the Illinois fans on this. I'm afraid. Well, I mean, it's it's all Michigan's fault. Like if they just would have beaten Michigan State yesterday, uh, the case for Illinois certainly is not nearly as as strong. Right. Um, So of course. They brought this on themselves, I guess. Uh, Juwan Howard will not hear any word against his team being the the Big Ten champions, and he has no interest in sharing said t- said title. Um, but let's, let's just say, fast forward to this Sunday, number one, Michigan, number two seed, Illinois, Big Ten tournament title on the line. Then, then whoever wins that game can have you know bragging rights for the for the year. That'd be a fun game to watch. Illinois is the number two seed in the Big Ten tournament. They'll play at five thirty on Friday night against the winner of the 7-10 game, and that's Rutgers 
and Indiana. More talk about that coming up. The phone line is open, 217-356-9397, Monday Night Sports Talk. Hello, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Mr. Steve Kelly, I saw you on YouTube. Uh, you did a, a video with Lou Henson back in 1989. Man, that was a good video that you, you guys put together. Wow. Well, we appreciate that. You have, did many uh, videos with Lou. used to produce his uh, TV show as well. But that was, a, I think you're referring to, the uh, season wrap-up show. Yep. It, it was called the, the, the season special. You and Lou Henson. Man, that was good. 50 minutes. That was good. But the reason I called... I want to say congratulations to the Illini this year, and it was a fantastic year. Hopefully they can keep it going. And one question I have for you guys, I don't know if you'll be able to answer it. Are you guys going to put any books and stuff out like they did for the 2005 Illini when Darren Williams and those guys were there? But I know that you guys might not be involved in any of that. So I'll listen to what you have to say, and you guys take care, and have a good night. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, Neil, that's, uh, that's been discussed preliminary around uh, these offices, and uh, Scott Ritchie has typed plenty of words I, I, already I'm learning this about these discussions as we speak. We will have a Big Ten tournament special section in, in Wednesday's paper, and we're planning on having an NCAA tournament special section in next Thursday's paper. And if the Illini live up to their likely number one seed in the NCAA tournament, if they do make the Final Four, we'll likely have a Final Four special section as well. Depends on the outcome of this season, whether Scott Ritchie will get to pen a book at all, but he's got plenty of anecdotal evidence and interviews already done throughout the season and game stories and features and notes and everything else that he's he's done already. So that is up for discussion, but that's still there's still a lot of basketball left to be played before that possibly happens. Big Ten uh, tickets, Big Ten tournament tickets went on sale today at 11, so Maybe uh might not be a bad idea to quit worrying about who's the regular season champ <laughs> and maybe order some tickets and uh, get a chance to go see the team for the first time, huh? Well, and there's you know, a limited number, obviously, I, I get that. Um, of tickets available, so action now. In fact, uh, Illinois, their all-session tickets were sold out before today. Single-session tickets went on sale. Um, so uh, some, some donors are going to get in the door. Because there was a certain level, I think you had to reach to even be you know, on the list. But I'm interested to see what the secondary market will be for the for those tickets um, as they're passed around digitally. But uh, I would say an Illinois Michigan title game on Sunday afternoon could draw a hefty price for fans that have essentially, you know, not seen this team in person. There's you know, been a very small handful that have actually seen the Illini play. Well, they went on sale on Ticketmaster, but I looked over the weekend at the Lucas Oil site, mm-hmm. and they had tickets for sale. The The ones that are in the last two rows, <laughs> way up top, were going for about 80 bucks. but uh, then the more you move down, the higher the price got. And I don't know how many they had available, but that's another source if you want to try to get in. How many Illinois fans were in the building on Saturday at Value City Arena in Columbus, Scott? Well, let's see. Five from the DeSumo family, okay. and then there were like four more that I saw. Like I could like tell we're wearing either orange or blue. Okay. Were the DeSumo family loud? Yeah, I mean, Did I you think you hear so. them from your... I think perch. they still pumped in okay. some, some crowd noise. 
Or maybe like it's just in my head at this point of the season because <laughs> it's been in every single game. It's and, kind of a dull roar. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, it was their first game mm-hmm. in person of the year. And, I mean, got to see a doozy. Io made his return and then, uh, you know, just did very Io DeSumo things by, you know, winning another game for the Illini. I'll tell you what, the last four minutes of that, that game uh, to me were, were a clinic not only for what Io did, but the coaching, you know, the uh, the move to put DeMonte on E.J. Liddell and hold Ohio State scoreless for the last 348, whatever that was there, when it was, they were ahead 68-64 at one point. Yeah. Um, and then Io hit one of two free throws. DeMonte Williams tied the game with a three. And then, yeah, his defense on E.J. Liddell was the difference maker because E.J. had gotten hot. He had scored 10 straight points to give Ohio State that lead. Uh, pulling Kofi Coburn and Georgie Bishanshvili away from the basket. Um, DeMonte didn't let that happen, and Ohio State missed their last 10 shots. Uh, most of them, you know, really heavily contested, and, you know, just tough looks that Illinois, you know, didn't allow them to get anything easy. Yeah, that, that, that was the difference. Where did uh, you vote Ohio State this week in the AP? I had them at 10, I believe. They, they ended up 9. And I was a little bit surprised by that. They've lost four straight games. Yeah. That's uh, And that's interesting, too, just looking at this, this season as a whole, and, and it's because we don't have as many games, teams playing as many games as, as we're used to. But, and again, I, I say this wholeheartedly convinced that Illinois, even barring a loss on Friday at the Big Ten tournament, I think they've solidified their spot as a, a number one seed. The only possibility that I could see maybe a team leapfrogging them as if Iowa were to say win the Big Ten tournament then maybe they could but then you could also make the argument that Illinois beat Iowa this season already yeah if that scenario plays out though wouldn't they be taking it maybe a number one seed away from Michigan and not at all possibly yeah. if it, it depends because then they would play they would if Michigan were advanced to the title game they'd beat Michigan in, in the title game that's right. a, that's a good point Steve but it's just it, going back to, though to the the AP top 25 Illinois is sitting at 20 and 6 and they're the third ranked team in the country and, and yes that is a great record to have they've had a sterling regular season they've done it in the toughest conference in in America they went 16 and 4 in the Big 10 but in a normal year just because we always have those what 8 or 9 10 non-conference games you see the records kind of being padded up a little so in a normal year, maybe they're 29 and four, or 28 and three right. or whatever they are. So that's just, it's, to me, it's just an interesting dichotomy for this season because you have teams with records that aren't really that great looking, but yet Ohio State's, what, 18 and eight, and they're yeah. number nine in the country. Yeah, and they had a lot of built-in goodwill before this kind of late season swoon because before Illinois sort of usurped their title, I think Ohio State had the most quad one wins in the country, uh, which Illinois uh, destroyed by beating Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State in mm-hmm. the last three games of the season. So they have the most quad one wins now. But playing in the Big Ten, especially in a year like this where your schedule is basically just your conference schedule, I mean, every win you get is a quality win for the most part. You've like got uh, Nebraska. You've got four teams in the top twenty-five with eight losses, and two or three more with nine losses in the uh, top twenty. Texas Tech's got nine losses, and so does Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm not sure how Oklahoma managed to barely hang on there in, in the number twenty-five spot. I dropped them off of my ballot. 
because um, like Ohio State, they lost four in a row. Their wins, not quite as impressive, and their losses a little worse than, than the, the Buckeyes. Um, but, like, there, there's been, there are a few, like, non-power conference teams in the top 25, San Diego State, Loyola. But I think, you know, this year where maybe those mid-major-ish teams, they didn't have a chance to really show maybe that they could knock off you know, a power conference team just because those games didn't happen. So it's it's been a little more maybe not the same power conference teams you're used to seeing because like Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, all not ranked, but those are the teams in the leagues that are kind of represented the most. We're moving up on 527. This is Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. We'll take our first time out. We will keep the phone lines open if you'd like to join us. 217-356-9397. Stay with us. We're back after this here on DWS. 530 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Monday Night Sports Talk. Matt Daniels is here. Scott Ritchie is here. Bob Osmussen is here as well. Phone line is open. 217-356-9397 is the phone number. AP Top 25 is out today in Illinois up to number three. The Big Ten Tournament gets started for the women who won a game on Friday night to uh, finish up their regular season, and they play tomorrow at 4 o'clock Champagne time against Wisconsin. Yeah, it's the uh, the only first-round game in the Big Ten Tournament women's bracket this year. There's only 13 teams participating in Ohio State's on a, a one-year postseason ban, so Illinois gets a and again, I'm not sure where all the, the I'm not hearing any outcry on this regard because Illinois is the 12 seed in the tournament. Wisconsin the 13 seed. Wisconsin went two and 18 in the league. Illinois went two and 16, and yet Illinois is the 12 seed based on winning percentage. <laughs> Just saying. I think now is the moment where people found that out. <laughs> <laughs> Would be my guess. It was in Sunday's News Gazette. We ran the Big Ten women's standings. Like we've, I know, but that was a great there. response. That is, that is good. But no, k- kudos to, to Nancy Faye and her program for uh, they just own Minnesota for whatever reason. I don't know if like it's possible to schedule them three or four times a wow. year, but that would be maybe the ideal. Yeah, and, th- and they get to play Wisconsin on on uh, on Tuesday. A team they had a, a close game with earlier this year, and if they beat the Badgers, and then they could play Northwestern on, on Wednesday. Another team they had a close game with earlier this season. So uh, they uh, can maybe use that win against Minnesota as kind of a, a confidence boost into a springboard this week out in Indy. You'll be able to hear that game tomorrow at 4 o'clock right here. Mike Kuhn on the play-by-play from Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, the women's Big Ten tournament. The men start on uh, Wednesday with uh, a couple of ball games. Illinois will not play as a member of the first four seeds, will not play until Friday night, and they'll play the winner of a game against uh, between Indiana and Rutgers. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that, that to me is an intriguing matchup for Illinois, Scott, and you've seen, uh, you saw them play Indiana twice in person. You didn't go out to Piscataway earlier this year when, when Illinois and Rutgers played, but you think back to those two teams, I mean, Illinois lost at Rutgers back in December, and then uh, Indiana took them to overtime in Bloomington, and then the day after Christmas here in Champaign, Illinois had a tough time getting by the Hoosiers. So it's and again, I know it's the Big Ten. Every game is going to be a tough game. All the opponents come to play. Whatever coaching cliche <laughs> you want to throw out there, but as a two seed, I don't know if you feel 
then again, I say that too with what the eight nine game is Michigan State Maryland and those two teams beat Illinois this year as well. And, so. and those kind of teams, I think Rutgers is probably in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. Indiana, I don't think is. No, but they, they won't be. What's that? They won't be. They'd no. have to win the Big Ten tournament. Right. But yeah, what I'm saying is, there's something to play for for those for mm-hmm. those kind of teams in both those the eight nine and the seven ten. Well, exactly. In, in the case of of Rutgers, it's to get away from any kind of talk of being on the bubble or yeah. kind of having the uncertain feeling. I mean, if they can beat Indiana and then kind of shock a lot of people and beat Illinois and get to the semifinals, I'd have to think that they're feeling pretty good about their chances come Selection Sunday. Been a weird season for Rutgers. Peaked at yes. the number 11 team in the country um, back in December, and then uh, January was not kind to them, and then neither has kind of been this this last month or so of the regular season. Um, speaking of not kind last month. Uh, Indiana's just gone in the absolute tank um, to the point where, um, I mean, there were Indiana fans that were calling for Archie Miller's head like two years ago, but uh, those those calls have been getting louder, I think, um, as they've lost their last five games. And you know, they have one of the better players in the conference in Trace Jackson Davis, and it doesn't matter. Well, that to me is a case of uh, having kind of like what it was like with Illinois a couple – years ago when you had a really good player like Io DeSumo and he doesn't get kind of the postseason recognition that I think a lot of maybe Illinois fans might feel as I'm sure Indiana fans might feel about Trace Jackson Davis when I mean he like you said Scott he's one of the better players in the Big Ten and when the All-Big Ten team comes out I'd be surprised if he's on the first team and then when the All-American honors come out I'd be surprised if he winds up uh, you know his name being mentioned in in those at all. Yeah it's gonna be tough for him just because he's on a sub 500 team. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, like when I'm voting, I try to weigh like, is this an individual award? Does team success matter? But like, if you're not even on a like a winning team, it's hard to vote for you. Jump in here, Bob. What are you feeling? Uh, getting uh, set for the Big Ten tournament? Are you excited about it? Oh yeah, I think it'll be great. Like Scott and Matt pointed out, every game is going to be good potentially, and you got so many good teams. The depth so is so really. Outstanding, probably better than any, any league in the conference. Although the Big 12 is all awesome, also. Um, the one thing I was thinking about uh, today, I was looking at the polls. I think Illinois is playing right now for the number three overall seed in the country, and I think that's critical if you're Illinois because that means you don't play Gonzaga till the title game. Mm-hmm. So I think that if I'm Illinois, I, I think Illinois should be three. They should be third. I think Gonzaga is clear number one. I think Baylor is clear number two. I think Illinois should be third. Right now, they're third. So if you're third, you play. You don't play anybody. Don't play Gonzaga until finals. That'd be pretty awesome for Illinois. That'd be a great accomplishment. Also, help them advance. So I think that's where they are right now. Well, and here's a crazy thought, too. And, and again, I don't foresee this happening, but Gonzaga plays tonight in the WCC semifinals uh, against St. Mary's. Let's just say, for hypothetical speak, that they were to lose tonight and, and fall in the semifinals no. of their conference. I'm just saying hypothetically, Bob. I don't think it's going to happen. It's uh, not like, happen. I'd be very intrigued if it's like a Roger Powell versus Illinois in the NCAA title game 16 years after he could have won a title with Illinois. But anyway, let's say Gonzaga falters tonight. Baylor stumbles in the Big 12 tournament. Illinois wins the Big Ten tournament. Are they the number one overall seed in the in, in come Selection Sunday? 
Potentially. I, I think it would be hard. They have a hard argument against Baylor because they lost Baylor. Good point. So that, that's really tough. That's a tough call for them. Uh, and I, I think there's literally no chance of a Gonzaga. To, they're going to win the rest of the games until the tournament. So there's almost no chance that's going to happen. Again, I get, you're right. I mean, they could stumble. I, I don't see that happening. But they, they're, they're going to be the number one overall seed. They deserve it. Um, everything I've seen, they're, they're a terrific team. They don't play anybody, but that's not their fault. I mean, they play teams in not conference, but they, they, they don't play anybody. And that's, their conference is not very good. But, again, you control what you control, can control, like Brad Underwood likes to say. So there you go. Well, two things. One, Gonzaga beat St. Mary's by 22 about three weeks ago. And two, even if they do lose tonight, which you never know. I mean, I, mean, I think I know, but still. <laughs> um, they're so far ahead in about every single metric used right. um, to determine seeding that it might not even matter. And C, one, two, and C, <laughs> by the time Illinois wins the Big Ten Tournament championship Sunday afternoon is going to be. Those guys have had their minds made up by then anyway. You would hope. <laughs> you would hope they're not filling well, out their bracket right. fifteen yeah. minutes before. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't want the committee to you know, be procrastinating <laughs> quite that much. <laughs> um, no, and it's. I don't know if there's been a year where like the Big Ten tournament championship like swung a seed one way or the other, just because, like you said, it's like the last game. Or one of the last it games is the played last game. before they yeah. announced the bracket. So the Big Ten honors, Big Ten um, basketball honors come out tomorrow. So we're going to do ours today. All right, I like it. And Scott turned his in, and he can choose to tell us who he voted for if he likes. I think he probably will. Coach of the year, Jawan Howard. Anybody disagree? No, and that's who I voted for. I mean, obviously – I think Illinois fans would say that Brett Underwood should be the winner. And compelling case, but like Illinois in the preseason media poll was picked to win the Big Ten. Right. So like they've certainly lived up to it and then I think exceeded some expectations. But like Michigan was picked, I don't know, I want to say like sixth or seventh in the conference, and they've been one of the better teams in the country this year. So um, a reasonable pick for Juwan Howard. Plus – you just want to throw recruiting into it, like he has three McDonald's All-Americans coming next year that he signed this season. So uh, I think in every facet he's doing okay by himself. And I think they, Michigan, locks down the freshman of the year and Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, although Andre Curbelo mm-hmm. made a very strong push here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but it's it should be unanimous Hunter Dickinson unless there's just – Something kind of is there a happen. Is there a sixth man of the year? Um, if there is, that's where I'd put Corbello. Yeah, the the media doesn't vote for okay. that, so I, I can't remember if the like the coaches do because the media doesn't vote for an all defensive team either. And I would, uh, for those that do vote on the defensive team, I would have Trent Frazier on that. Matt, what do you think? The coaches vote on that. Yeah, I think Brad Underwood's telling all the coaches, though, not to vote for Trent Fazier because that'll just <laughs> motivate him even more come the Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament to, to lock down defensively. But I think he's it, – it's very interesting to have watched Frazier's four years here in Champaign-Urbana play out because he comes in as this prolific scorer in high school. He's kind of got some 
I would say some swag to him for a freshman. So maybe not, I don't know if it's cockiness at all, but he had a certain flair to his game. Mm-hmm. And, and then he really emerged as a freshman that could score pretty much at will whenever Illinois needed him to and kind of became the face of the program. And then he had to kind of go through that adjustment period when Iodesumu arrived and kind of learning how to play with him. And then he kind of found this new role that he's really thrived in is just kind of the, the defensive stopper. I mean, you look at what Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams have brought to the program just from a defensive perspective and all the changes that have gone in Brad Underwood's system here during their careers. I mean, it's mighty impressive what they've been able to accomplish. On the first team, I would have Io and Kofi and Garza, EJ Liddell, and I wrestled with this one a little bit. Uh, I think somebody from Michigan probably needs to be on there, and I put I would put Dickinson on. You can make a case for Wagner. You can make a case for Livers. I think. Yeah, I've, any of those three, I, I don't know that people uh, people will get upset because people get upset. <laughs> um, but I had I had Franz Wagner just because. I think he's their best player. Obviously, um, Illinois bottled him up. I mean, he had two points going up against well, Demonte They kind Williams. of bottled all three of those guys up. Yeah, so <laughs> it was all three took a hit to the yeah. candidacy there. But um, just for what he can do at his size, at 6'9", and at, he's dangerous. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Dickinson, Levers, that would have been fine too. Do you, do you, and Sorry. It's okay. I'm just throwing this out there just to be a contrarian, but do you think that what Io DeSumo was able to accomplish on Saturday, given the fact that he came back after missing three games, given the fact that he was wearing a mask over his, that he had to adjust to, do you think that maybe in the eyes of some all Big Ten voters maybe vaulted him even higher than it might have been uh, before he was injured at Michigan State and, and the case between him and Luca Garza for Big Ten Player of the Year? I was keeping that award towards the okay. towards the end, and that's where we are. I stole your thunder, Steve. No, I'm you sorry. didn't. That's fine. I would vote myself. I would vote for Io, as I think Scott did. I really wouldn't mind seeing co-players of the year, although I don't think there's much of a chance of that happening. It'd be pretty fluky just yeah. to, for all the votes to kind of come that way because at least for the, the media part, you – rank three players one two and three Mm -hmm. and then it's kind of a point system i mean i don't know that anyone's going to have someone besides iowa or luca one or two that would be something um but as far as your your idea there matt i think if you weren't going to vote for io desumu anyway that even his comeback in superhero mode probably doesn't sway you um I mean, the case that I made to myself when I was saying, oh, who are you going to vote for? It's like what Iowa's done this season, averaging at least 20 points, six rebounds, five assists, hasn't happened since Evan Turner in the 2009-2010 season. He was a Big Ten Player of the Year that season. He swept every single National Player of the Year award that year. Um, I get like Lucas having a really terrific season as well, but Iowa's a better defender. In fact, I think... Iowa pulled Luca off the court for a defensive replacement late in their their final game, and that's happened before. You don't see Illinois pulling Iowa Sumo off the court in clutch moments. And then just the weight of the moments that Iowa created um, two double double or two triple doubles, excuse me, in two weeks, um, game winner after game winner. I think that that plays a little bit of a part. It's the the narrative of his season and. 
that's my argument in case someone says you're a moron because you didn't vote for Luka Garza. Speaking of late in their last game, yesterday's game, Wisconsin and Iowa took an hour to play the last 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Actually, not quite that long, but I know exactly how long it took. I have a friend who started a stopwatch at the 30-second mark, okay? And there were no timeouts called in those final 30 seconds. It was just fouling. Mm-hmm. took 11 minutes and 33 seconds to play the last 30 seconds of a basketball game. Mm, could I introduce the Big Ten to the Elam, Elam Exactly. <laughs> Very um, popular, and and part of that was, I think there was just in the kind of the late game for Iowa Wisconsin was some reviews and yeah. you know had to go to the monitor for what turned out to be uh, surprise surprise a flagrant foul on Brad Davison uh, for a hook and hold. Uh, Illinois fans will remember that one from. Did he get know, the takedown too, or just the hook and hold? <laughs> yeah, he was watching the, the Big Ten wrestling championships <laughs> before the game. Thought he'd try out a move. Um, yeah, that's. I I understand the like why there's replay review and like getting the calls right is important, but it takes so long for them to figure out what they're doing at the monitor. Like, and part of that's me watching it happen while I'm on deadline and like mentally, right, like, internally screaming for them to hurry up. Um, sometimes, like out loud, uh, but like it's just it ruins like just the f- any flow of the game or just any enjoyment in watching the game. 546, we're going to talk some football, Bob, after this timeout, so stay with us for that. The phone line is open, 217-356-9397. This is Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS, and we're back after this. Moving up on 550 here on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. With Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, I'm Steve Kelly. The phone line is open, 356-9397. Put a 217 in front of that is the number for us uh, here tonight. If you'd like to uh, jump in on any topic that might be on your mind, let's talk a little bit of football. We had Brett Bielma on the Saturday morning show, and uh, he uh, had a lot of good things to say about what's going on over there, Bob, with the workouts, pre-spring workouts uh, going on for a couple of weeks, and then... Spring practice will get started here middle of the month and go till early April with a chance of a, he didn't say this quite as positively as I might, but uh, a chance of a Monday night spring game is being talked about. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but sounds like it might. So that'd be kind of fun. And then uh, Wednesday, Bob, is uh, pro timing day over at the U of I and a, a few uh, former Illini players will be involved in that. What do you know about that? Yeah, it's the first time nobody will be able to go. I think last year they they have one. And it might have been the last thing we did before COVID shut down. Yeah, they had it, it the like sorry, Bob. Yeah, yeah. They, they had it the Monday uh, after the Monday before the sports world shut down. So that was one of the I, last. I was there, so yeah, I've been going for years, and, and this one obviously there's not going to be anybody. There's going to be no media available with these guys. I think everything's going to be Zoom. Uh, pre pre uh, pre pre game, but yeah, uh, Illinois got a chance. Obviously, I think Andrew Green's going to get drafted. I think uh, pretty high, hopefully for him. I think uh, Josh Mbembe has a chance to get drafted. I think he, he he could be a guy that goes. You know, maybe one of the later rounds. Um, those two for sure, and we'll see what happens with the rest of the guys. But Illinois getting 
they're going to build a reputation here over the next several years, I think, with Brett Bielema to be a place that the pros want to come to because I think the talent upgrade will be obvious. And I think I think in the next couple of years, next year they have that huge senior class to go. But I think I think Illinois is going to continue to upgrade the talent enough that they'll be a stop of the pros. And I think that's important. And we'll see how that goes and what we find out about uh, how if any information does come out about that on Wednesday. Let's go uh, to the phones. If you'd like to join us, feel free to jump in here. I think we're going to go back to some basketball conversation here briefly with Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Um, I've got three comments. One, I hope somebody's working with Kofi on free throws. And if it's mental, I hope they take him to a hypnotist. Uh, secondly, I think the big thing commissioner did a real disservice to uh, to the Big Ten by creating a double standard, one for Michigan and another standard for the other 13 teams. And thirdly, I think Matt Painter deserves Big Ten Coach of the Year, more so than Jawan Howard. Thanks for taking my call. You bet, Mike. We appreciate it. I can't argue with uh, Mike on the third point there. I think maybe not Coach of the Year in the Big Ten, but he certainly uh, would have received some votes, even nationally. I think he's done a heck of a job. Every year it seems like Matt Painter just (laughs) kind of falls off the radar, and then you look up in late March and he's got Purdue in a position that not a lot of people expected them to be at. And the way he just melds his teams into his identity and adapts to various pieces each and every season, I mean, I think that's that's mighty impressive on, on his part. He does more with less than maybe any coach. And the Kofi foul shooting situation it's kind of funny, and we watched him, Scott. We watched him up close. If he makes his first couple, he's not bad. Yeah, but uh, when he misses the first two or three, then it's yeah. over for the night. He's right. not going to make, well, like Saturday, he didn't make any. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy because he shot a respectable percentage mm-hmm. last year, like 60 His form's not bad. It's not like he's throwing up bricks. I mean, Or trying to toss it up there one-handed like Shaq did. You're right. Um, so it, I think it's just... If he makes his first, like you just have to hope he makes his first one. And you know, taking him out and putting Georgie in later in the game is no bargain either, because Georgie's only hitting fifty-five or six percent himself. Yeah, it it amplifies the free throw shooting quote unquote issue because Kofi's taken like um, I think almost thirty percent of Illinois free throws this season. Right. Like he and Io have I way more attempts than anybody else. Right. I can fix Kofi. I can fix him. You're going to tell him to shoot him underhanded? Absolutely. Granny style. Granny style. Got to. I'm not sure you can use that term anymore. I'm, I'm using it. So granny style for Kofi. I, I, it did work for Rick Barry. You guys weren't alive, but Rick Barry was awesome. Never missed any. Uh, so I think give that a shot. Even if, you make fun, even if people make fun of you, it's not a problem for him because who's going to make fun of the guy, that guy? Right? So shoot him granny style. You make probably 60%, 70%, maybe more. Make yourself a lot of money. So, yeah, I think go that way. And that, they, that, style, about that. that style did make a comeback um, not too long ago. Um, in fact, uh, Canyonberry, the much, much youngest son uh, of Rick Berry, shot his free throws underhanded and um, shot 88% in his final season. They go in. They go in and you get all the breaks. The ball tends to bounce for you better. I think it's just a lot more, uh, not as much um, variation in how you shoot that. That thing's 
shot the same way every time. And f- frankly, if you're shooting like Kofi is lying, why wouldn't you do that? You get you got to try something, and I, why why not try that? So off season, I think program for him get the, get, get the granny style going. Born could teach him. We need to take a break here at five fifty six. One final break, and then back for some final words after this. We're about a minute away from six o'clock on this Monday night sports talk. Bob, what uh, what are you working on this week? I got a lot of columns that I wrote about Darren Williams in our special section that runs Wednesday. Very good. Appreciate your time, Bob. Thanks. Great talking to you guys. See you, Bobby. Matthew, what do you got, the guys? Go. You're cranking out some Big Ten coverage, I know. Yeah, I got a Big Ten tournament special section that Bob and Scott are uh, quarterbacking, running the point on, to use a basketball analogy. And uh, Scott and uh, Kyle Nikus and Robin Schultz will be over in Indianapolis come Friday for what they all hope will be an extended weekend in the Circle City. I don't know if you have time to answer this fully, but do you? once you get over there, do you have to quarantine? Can you go back and forth as a media person? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I won't have to be in the quote-unquote bubble. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's very few media, though, will actually be there right. you know, in person. That takes care of the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Steve. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. We appreciate you listening. Have a good night, everybody.